Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. They're talking impeachment. Liz Cheney says yes, she's the number three on the Republican side. The Republicans have said, hey, Liz, let's talk about that leadership position of yours. You shouldn't have that anymore. Democrats are all hot and bothered about impeachment, incitement, insurrection. It is a slam dunk and a no-brainer. We must do it. Except, of course, for everything they've said about rioters over the past year and a half. Speaker Pelosi's own tweets about the election being hijacked. And, of course, you have Maxine Waters talking about if you see those Trump people, you make the crowd and you surround them. Very, very difficult to make a conversation stick about inciting people to violence and thinking that it doesn't apply to everyone, especially the people who are saying we should remove the president because of it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. So you've got Democrats saying we've got to do this. I put I put forth the idea that this is a bad thing for Joe Biden. Joe Biden wants to walk in smooth, and you're not giving him that opportunity. Then again, Joe Biden isn't willing to take the opportunity, right? He's not willing to do the work and say, nope. Nope, don't allow this. Well, then he gets what he gets, which is a harder time as he goes on down the line. He could have been this great unifier. Mm, Nah, he didn't go for that. That's not what he wanted. That's very, very obvious. Republicans, some of them saying we should do this. And other Republicans saying, you shouldn't be in leadership. But what about Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell has said, we should impeach. We should impeach? We should should have the trial? We should do this? Well, Mitch McConnell is playing a couple different levels of politics, and some of this might be very personal. Raw, sheer anger. We're trying to get control of the Senate. Would you please stop talking about stolen elections so David Perdue and Kelly Leffler can focus on the issues and win? Oh, no, you won't stop? Okay, I'm not down for this. You're out. You're out. I am absolutely going to be down for impeachment. Well, that's what the sources said. And being down for impeachment could very well be a nice bit of cover uh, for, for Republicans. But now, if there's impeachment, that trial will be heard after Uh, after Trump leaves office. This uh, just breaking, just in in the last, you know, bit, that that there will not be his spokesperson, uh, Doug Andres, confirming the reporting um, that said uh, he called Schumer and said they would not consent to an emergency reconvening. That was the conversation earlier. Earlier, we spoke to Emily Zanotti of Daily Wire, and this was the possibility. Now, this was a very strange possibility, as I said, because they had set the schedule. And the schedule said that there were going to be these pro forma sessions, and they would not return to any regular order until January 19th, the day before Inauguration Day. Well, the story was there could be an emergency session. 
Well, that's not going to be. That is not going to be. And as we know, Representative Jim Clyburn has said, let's give the president-elect 100 days to get his agenda off the ground, and then we can look at that. Democrats can't not seethe and make this happen. Remember, when they do this, they too will be put on the block. They think that this is all in their favor. They don't understand that America doesn't want the violence at all. We didn't want it from those people regarding Black Lives Matter. They didn't want it from Antifa, or we didn't want it from Antifa. We don't want it there at the Capitol. It's not worse, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, because it happened to you. The business owner that got destroyed in Minneapolis, they think what happened to them is worse, and they've got an argument to make. What does it say to you when producer Ari's favorite congressman, Matt Gates, Stop. Is making sense. The bipartisan caucus condemning the violence that we saw at our Capitol, but the hypocrisy is just downright disorienting. President Trump called for protests that would be peaceful and patriotic. He got labeled a national security threat. Yet the gentlelady from California can call on her supporters to get physical and in the faces of Republicans, and she gets the chairmanship of the Financial Services Committee. Republican members of Congress utilized a process contemplated in the Constitution to offer an objection, and we were labeled seditionists. Democrat members of Congress raised funds for groups attacking our police, burning our cities, destroying our businesses, establishing autonomous zones, and they were celebrated as justice warriors. Wednesday, they called for unity, democracy, and healing. Now, just days later, seeking power and political advantage, the Democrats have reverted to the mean. They've gone back to their natural state, the party of impeachment, removal, and division. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that right? And all of that is going to come up. All of that is going to get discussed. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe this is the moment where we get to put it all on the table. Where we get to say, this is what we have allowed in America. This is what the political left has allowed without saying a word. And maybe the political right just realized, if only for the first time, some more angry people than we thought. So what do we do next? Well, we start with some basics. We ain't down for this mob rule stuff. And not only are we not down for it in, in, in the places like the streets, we're not down for it in technology. We're not down for it in cancel culture, which is, of course, mob rule. What Amazon and uh, Apple and Google are doing to, for example, Parler is mob rule. They're saying, we've got these people who will be angry with us and call us names if we don't stop Parler. As, a, as if somehow names are important. Some woke people who've got, you know, a never-ending number of woke things they're all wokey-woke about, and they'll be upset more about tomorrow this thing than the other thing, etc. And you so want to appease them because you've been brought up to believe that appeasing them is what makes you good, that you don't ever ask yourself, 
what is my duty as a citizen? What is my duty to myself? This is what happens when you do not teach civics, when you do not teach um, people the, the fundamentals of what it means to be free. Americans don't know what their rights are. Americans don't know what their responsibility to a civil society is. They barely know what a civil society is. They believe a civil society is where you're not allowed to call them a name and trigger them. No, the civil society is when people could sometimes say awful things and society goes, yeah, we're not into you, and moves on. And even when you are personally insulted, you move about your business because sometimes you might be insulted. And no one, no one has to live in fear of insulting you, right? We have uh, slander and libel, sure. Threats, absolutely. Someone calls you a name? All right. Someone doesn't like what you have to say? Oh dear Lord, that's every single day of my life. Do do we allow them to control us? Of course not. Of course not. But in a civil society, we learn how to deal with those things, and we accept the fact that there are indeed some bad people. That's the price of a free society. The uncivil society, government gets to declare you are out of order and you are out of order and you didn't smile enough. Isn't that exactly what's going on in China right now? You said the wrong thing. You acted the wrong way. Your uh, credit score, your credit score is down because you weren't smiling. If you would smile more, it would go up. And if it goes up just another 15 points, you get to go on the train. Seriously, you're not allowed to travel if your social credit score isn't high enough. Isn't that the direction that these tech companies are going? If you don't say what we agree with, we don't let you say it at all. Well, they're private companies. They can do what they want. They're not civil companies. Sundar Pichai is not a civil, decent man. Neither is Mark Zuckerberg or Sheryl Sandberg. Neither is Jack Dorsey. Tim Cook isn't decent. Tim Cook once said... You want, you want to talk about getting in trouble? He once talked about his sexuality. And the exact th- words he said, you know, or, or as, as the headlines will say it, being gay is God's greatest gift to me. I'm proud to be gay, and I consider being gay amongst, among the greatest gifts God has given me. Okay. Congratulations. I would rather that God had taught you how to be civic-minded and accept other people for who they are and what they think, even if you disagree with it. That you would not use your platform and your power to prevent them from speaking. Wouldn't we be all better off if you were a little less proud of your sexuality and a little more into your civic responsibility? (gasps) Tony, you can't say that said and properly. Our problem is a nationwide one affecting all of us regardless of our side of the aisle and fixable if we just fix it. To do that, 
some people need to be told, hey, what you're doing, far against the American ethos. I would rather you were American than woke. I'm Tony Katz. They're debating impeachment on the floor of the House. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833. Got Tony. 833-468-8669. Let's take it to the members of Congress as they are giving their statements and hear what they have to say. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the gentleman from California, Mr. Garamendi. The gentleman from California is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Speaker, I rise today determined to fulfill our sacred oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Last week's violent insurrection on the Capitol is a stain on our democracy. A riotous mob, incited by the President, stormed these very halls, beat and murdered police officers, planted pipe bombs, and left our nation shocked and in mourning. The President's rhetoric, actions, and refusal to accept responsibilities are an imminent threat to our nation. I vote to impeach the President. I urge my colleagues to do the same. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. We reserve. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, and now you have 30 seconds to the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Krishnamurthy. The gentleman from Illinois is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Speaker, my parents brought me as an infant to America because they knew it's the land of democracy. It's the beacon of hope for all the world. We called it the American dream. When Donald Trump told rioters to go to the Capitol and quote-unquote fight like hell, he incited an attack on the Capitol and the ideals comprising the American dream. I'm voting for impeachment because I know we're still the country my parents believed in, and I will fight like hell for it. I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. Holy crap, wait a second. That's the argument you're going to make? President Trump told these people to fight like hell, but they're wrong, so I'm going to fight like hell and I'm right? That's a messed up thought process. Oh, that is going to come back to haunt him. See, out of his head. Who on his staff said, you know what? This is the speech you should give. This totally doesn't make you seem like a like a hypocritical freak. Hoo-hoo. Dang. All right. Who's up next? You, me, and the Vice President of the United States. This cannot be ignored. Impeach now. Thank you, Madam Chair. The gentlewoman yields back. The gentleman from New York continues to reserve. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Reserve. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentlelady from California, Ms. Lee. The gentlewoman from California is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Speaker, on January 6th, Donald Trump incited his white nationalist supporters to initiate an attempted coup against the heart of our democracy, the United States Capitol. This heinous act of domestic terrorism demands that Congress act to remove this president. Donald Trump has been and remains a threat to our national security and our democracy and wholly unfit to serve as president. He and his supporters must be held accountable for inciting violence against the government of the United States. 
Congress must act immediately to remove this clear and present danger to our country. Expired. It's time to impeach Donald Trump the again. The time has expired. The gentleman from Barbara New York Lee, reserves. let's break down the insanity of what she just said. First, she only seems upset because it happened at the Capitol. Second, she said it was the heart. The, the, the heart of, 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 of what? Washington, D.C. is the heart of America? No one believes that except for people who work in Washington, D.C. I live in Indiana. Uh, it's the heartland. Are we now to believe that all of the things that happened all across the country, as we've been talking about, were truly insignificant because they didn't happen to you? Isn't that exactly what we've been saying about Representative Ocasio-Cortez? That her reactions are really seem to be predicated on the fact that it happened at the Capitol not caring what happened to Minneapolis or to Seattle or to Portland or to Indianapolis or Lincoln or anywhere else. This is very telling about who they are. The heart of democracy is not in Washington, D.C. It is in the citizenry that acts and votes and pays attention and follows the Constitution and does not believe in kings or potentates and does not look to diminish the rights of others and works to become a more perfect union, not to become a more imbalanced union as we have. What madness is afoot? But that's the great thing about seeing these things happen. You really learn what these people are all about. You learn what kind of people they are and what they really and truly believe. And very often you learn how little they like you. I mean, all right, you don't like them. But man, do they really not like you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. While it's still there, be sure to give it a like. This is Tony Katz today. I am not getting a feeling that the Democratic Party is going to get a lot of traction in America on impeachment. That is different than whether or not America is pretty disgusted by what they saw at the Capitol. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, right? These are two different conversations, and in many ways, I'm thankful for that. Now, they're debating on the floor of the House right now. Uh, let's take it to the floor. Who do we got there, Producer Ari? I don't know. Let's listen. Dig in and find a way. The gentleman yields back his time. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the gentlelady from Ohio, Ms. Beatty. The gentlewoman from New York is recognized for 30 seconds. 
Thank you. Domestic terrorists attacked our democracy, urged on by a sitting president. These insurrectionists believe Donald Trump's lies about the stolen election. They obeyed his call to attack. They literally carried his banner while storming the cow. Capital. Last week's insurrection was shocking and tragic. It was a culmination of four years of assaults on our democracy. We must impeach this president. And the Congressional Black Caucus stands ready to join in a bipartisan message the to the likes time of Donald has Trump. Expired. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Madam Speaker, we reserve. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. The gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield uh, 30 seconds to the gentlelady from Wisconsin, Ms. Moore. The gentlewoman from Wisconsin is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Speaker, the president radicalized American citizens, and as his vice president fled from a lynch mob, the speaker cowered uh, while people died. He watched with glee. That is why, it, even though it's only seven days before the end of his term, we have the fierce urgency of now. Seven days is too long for him to be in power. He could declassify state secrets. He could monetize national uh, secrets time to foreign adversaries. And he could even pardon time has expired. the person the gentleman's who time has expired. The gentleman from Capitol New York. He can monetize the, the, what? The gentleman from Ohio. Good Lord. You'll notice in Gwen Moore's statement there that nothing there is about incitement. It's about all the other things that she imagined in her head. Now, one of those things is the very idea of uh, declassifying. Oh, that's coming. One should at least think that it's possible. That President Trump is going to declassify some things. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, for example, uh, what was done to bring about the first impeachment. Which, by the way, if it had never happened, you'd actually, you'd have more people involved here. But since we know, and America knows that Democrats lied about the first impeachment, it's hard to take them at their word this time around and yet they would have more backup on them this time around but they don't now if this happened in, in let's say six months to go that was the question producer Ari asked me this was six months to go would you see an, a, a trial you, you would you would see a trial there's not a question that you would see a trial here I, I still don't even know if, if you'll see one but there's a there's a positioning going on that's worthy of our attention, and it was uh, really kind of brought to the fore in this back and forth between Eugene Robinson of MSNBC and Nicole Hannah-Jones, who wrote the 1619 Project, which I discussed on Newsmax just earlier today, and explained that it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not based on history. It's, there's no fact in the 1619 Project, which is this idea that America is predicated on slavery. That's why we created a nation, to ensure slavery. Historians say no. People like Gordon Wood say no. It's just not factual. I oppose slavery in all ways. Just so we're all perfectly clear. 
And I am sorry the United States ever got involved. Was ever a party of it. A part of it. The party was the Democratic Party. A part of it. That's what I meant. But they didn't create a perfect union. They were striving to create a more perfect union. And it took time. I'm sorry it did. I am sorry that history is replete with examples of slavery, not just here in the United States, throughout South America, or the whole of Africa. Should I discuss my people, my people? There's this book called Exodus. Give it a read. But this conversation was something else. We have, um, there are millions of Americans, um, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, 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 they are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and who have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we, <laughs> how we start that process, even, much less complete it? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm a journalist. I certainly um, don't know how we can stop people. I know we can look to history, though. Uh, what ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcement, right? There has to be consequences. Uh, and then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions. And they- it's a very interesting conversation uh, because, first, uh, everything uh, predicated on race, right? It's the people who'd say that systemic racism is so prevalent, it's like the air that we breathe. Well, I don't know what to do. I, I can't help you. I'm going to keep breathing air. I, 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 if you tell me that, first you want me to believe in the very idea of systemic racism. I had somebody uh, on social media for the amount you could still pay attention to that stuff. Oh, why? You sound like somebody who doubts that systemic racism is real. Yeah, because it's not. Racism is real. But systemic, you got to show me the system. Well, it's in everything. Oh, okay. So my existence is therefore part of it. My existence is, is the issue. That is what's being said, and since I will have no part of that, I am allowed to exist. I'm done. My existence is not a problem. I'm not guilty for my existence. Neither are my children. That I'm willing to fight you on. But what Eugene Robinson is discussing is the idea of reprogramming. The idea uh, that these Trump supporters need to be reprogrammed. I think people take that very, very offensively. (gasps) How dare he? Uh, Isn't this exactly how people on the political right talk about the political left? For example, they talk about uh, environmental justice or reproductive justice or uh, Green New Deal, right? And by the way, environmental justice and reproductive justice, I use their terminology. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Anything justice is wealth redistribution. It's total nonsense. Reproductive justice? You mean being okay with abortion. Uh, just say what you mean, please. Come on. That is how we refer, the political right, right refers to the political left. We refer to it as a cult. Let's not kid ourselves. The difference comes in the response from Nicole Hannah-Jones, who lied, of course, about the 1619 Project, and it is admitted as much that it wasn't uh, history. It was just a version. We look at these things and say culture can solve this problem. Culture is the answer. We need to be able to share a better way. That's what we need to do. Her answer is government enforcing something. 
It's always about government and the sledgehammer on the people. This is the difference. And this is where the fear comes in if, if, if people don't understand where the right fears the left. It's that, you know, it, it's, it's the, the expression the right thinks the left is wrong, the left thinks the right thinks the right is evil. The left is convinced that the only way to handle the right is to eradicate the evil thinkers and to help them see the light. This idea of truth and reconciliation, these Orwellian insanities. I'm not the only one talking about this. Chad Felix Green on, on, on social media, on Twitter, did a brilliant job of, of, of playing that one out. This is the fear. You don't want me to be able to live my life. It's the last thing in the world you want. And that's how millions of Americans feel. And I ask you, do you think that's a good way for people to feel? People shouldn't feel like they're second-class citizens. People shouldn't feel that they can't get ahead because of the color of their skin. Absolutely, positively not. Should they feel that if they speak their own thoughts, they won't be able to get a job? Should they feel that their government is actually looking to track them down, to silence them, and to reprogram them? If you say yes, the follow-up is, what do you think those people do? Maybe we shouldn't talk like this. Maybe we should realize what happens when people are real serious about treating other people like second-class citizens. I'm Tony Katz. In light of reports of more demonstrations, I urge that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. That is not what I stand for, and it is not what America stands for. I call on all Americans to help erase tensions and calm tempers. Thank you. That from the President of the United States to the Office of the Press Secretary, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what a statement. Some people said, imagine that had come out a week ago. There's this talk that there's supposed to be these uh, protests in all 50 states and all the state capitals on Inauguration Day. Now, I would be curious if, if people have heard this in their states. Please let me know. Send me uh, information. Tony at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. Tony at TonyKatz.com. In my state, I have not heard thing one of this. If someone from the governor's uh, mansion, uh, or someone from the governor's staff, Governor Eric Holcomb, uh, if you're hearing it, we would like to know. I have not heard of any rallies, of any protests, and they keep talking about armed. And, and I discussed this the other day. I'm not about to sit here and, and crap on the Second Amendment. I have no problem with people being armed. I only have a problem with people being violent. No issue with people being armed. At all, and I'm not about to go down that fear road with anyone or indulge anybody in it. I think it's pretty ugly. You want to go to a state capitol and protest? I don't stop you. I haven't heard any anything about protests. You want to commit acts of violence? You should expect to get hit right in the face and fall down. When you when you block traffic, you should expect to get run over. When you storm the Capitol, you should get rubber bullets or not rubber bullets. Now, I got to tell you, I'm going to say it again. I so want to know what the Capitol Police, that leadership was thinking 
How 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 did you not? There's also reports that, you know, hey, the, the rally that was put together, there were three members of Congress who helped put it together. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting together a rally. I think there's something wrong with committing an act of violence. Until I learned that three of the members of Congress were working with Ali Alexander to put the rally together. You heard me talk about this guy, who's actually Ali Akbar. That's how I met him years ago. He was in he was in those uh, conservative circles. I didn't think badly of people then. They told me they were conservative. I agreed. With, I, I believe them. You know, we 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 chatted. We hung out. We talked about things. There are a handful of people who turned out to be absolute schmucks and worthless people. It, it's it's true. And always in the kind of craziest stories. Then there were the people who were trying to figure out how to make some money, and you know, it was a grift kind of thing for them. Man, I've seen that on all every side. But this guy proved himself to me to be a scam artist, in my view. Proved himself to be untrustworthy, in my view. One day I'll tell the story about the guy who shared the direct messages that this guy would send people. Hey, you want to attend this event? I can get you in and you know what it'll cost you? One day I'll get into that story. But no. I won't even get into the story of being uh, at an after party during the Conservative Political Action Conference, and he threw, uh, I, it was a bottle cap, or forget it was, it hit me in the eye, I walked out, ran after me to apologize, I said, okay, fine, goodbye, never spoke to the dude again. That's a true story. And what I said was, you trust Ali Akbar, you're out of your head. I wouldn't let that guy in my house. I wouldn't let that guy around my kids. And there he was with Stop the Steal. And that's how I knew Stop the Steal was a bunch of junk. I mean, people can say, hey, we're going to protest or hey, we're going to challenge this. Feel free. Follow the law. Go right ahead. Stop the Steal with Ali Akbar, Ali Alexander, as he called himself. That guy's bad news. And anybody associated with him is bad news or made a mistake. Because after all, I didn't know he was bad news until I knew he was bad news.